0: Hello, my wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion, and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religion trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I am Nick Krita, the South Australia Regional Coordinator for FAITH-FM. If you would like to make a comment or have your questions answered, you can text me on 401 or you can email me at ionkrita at yahoo.com. That's I-O-N-C-R-E-T-A at yahoo.com. Our theme for this week is the Bible and End Time Events. And our big questions, what does the Bible say about prophecy? Who will control the world? What are the signs of the time? Who? How will the world end? And the war zone, what is Satan's agenda? Our co-host today is Alan Philip. Alan is a student uh, studying associate degree in electrical engineering. It's so good to have you with us, Alan, today it's good to be here alan are we living in a war zone what is satan's agenda
1: we are living in a war zone today nick um but to answer that question we should break this down into some other questions such as why is there evil pain and suffering did god create the devil and if god is so good why does the world seem so bad a Howard Bloom said in a book called The Lucifer Principle on page two, he wrote, evil is a byproduct, a component of creation. In a world evolving into ever higher forms, hatred, violence, aggression and war are a part of the evolutionary plan. So, um, the ancient nature religions saw their world in two halves, good and evil, light and dark, life and death masculine and feminine some of the fastest growing religions today are those associated with the dark side so the first thing we can ask is where did sin begin now if we actually turn over to first John chapter 3 verse 8 we can actually see there in um, it says he who sins is of the devil for the devil has sinned, from the beginning. So we can see that sin actually began with the devil. Evil's not just a force or part of nature or an aspect of human consciousness. The devil is real and he is responsible for the evil, pain, and suffering in our world today. Did you know that the name devil is mentioned over 60 times in the Bible? While Satan, which is another name for the devil, is mentioned over 50 times.
0: And then if somebody talks about uh, an angel, what do you think of? If you, if you talk of, about an angel, how do you imagine an angel in your mind?
1: Um, I actually imagine an angel with um, white clothing, with um, big um, wings. Um, yeah, a nice, nice thing to look at. And how is Satan depicted? Um, he's often depicted as this um, mean-looking, um, like monster with horns, um, like goat legs, and he's got a pitchfork and tail. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah,
0: that quite a bit of difference. Even though we uh, will go, we are going to learn that uh, devil. He was an angel of light. He was in the heaven, and we are going to uh, to look at that uh, in a, in a minute.
1: Absolutely. We can go to another question, actually, just to continue with this. What symbols are used in the Bible to describe the devil? And we'll turn over to Revelation chapter 12 and verse 9. And it says, So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world.
0: He was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And what was the name for Satan when he was in uh, heaven, an angel in heaven? We
1: can actually find that in Isaiah chapter 14 and verse 12. And it says, How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. And that name Lucifer actually literally translated is day star. Um, Now... Another question we could ask ourselves is, did God create the devil? Um, In Ezekiel 28, verse 15, we can read, You were perfect in your ways from the day you were created, till iniquity was found in you. We can see that God could have created Lucifer as a robot, but robots can't love or make moral decisions, so God gave Lucifer a free will to choose his own direction in life. But Lucifer chose to rebel against God's love. He chose evil over good. And as a result, an angel became a demon. So God didn't actually create the devil. He created a perfect being who made a devil of himself. And the next question we can then ask ourselves is, what was the original sin that Lucifer committed? We can find that answer in Ezekiel chapter 28 verse 17. And it says, "Your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor." Another way of saying lifted up is actually proud. And we can also find that answer in Isaiah chapter 14 and verse 13 to 14. And in verse 13 it says, For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. And at the bottom of verse 14 it says, I will be
0: like the Most High. And Alan, uh, God did not create the devil as many people will think. He created a perfect being. That's made himself of a devil I mean if you look around in this world you see people the creation of God acting like the devil and you wonder if the devil is the one who is behind all of this also it's great to have with us today uh, David DeLima who is the South Australia State Director for Family Voice Australia we missed you last week David but it's good to catch up with you again Thank you very much,
2: Nick. It's great to be broadcasting.
0: We are dealing today, David, with um, the war zone. Mm-hmm. There is a war going on, yes, physically or spiritually. Yes. It happened to be today, David, that it is the 80th anniversary for the Battle of Britain. Mm-hmm. What can you share with us
2: about it? Yes. Well, our thoughts go back to the time of our parents, possibly, uh, and... Uh, some of the listeners, they will recall the depths of the war back in 1940, when it looked like all would be lost. And um, the Allies really turned to God in prayer very powerfully at that time, just around the time of the Battle of Britain, which waged for several months, but it commenced on this day back in
0: 1940. And we're going to talk a little bit today. You know, one of them, those men during that time, who had dreams to rule the, this world for mm. a thousand years? Yes, Adolf Hitler. He came with this plan, and uh, just after conquering France, you know, yeah. he thought now it's a right time to deal with the UK yes. and uh, ask them for a peace, yeah. treaty,
2: capitulation, or invasion. Yes, and so all of Europe had just fallen. France, especially, just collapsed under the juggernaut of the Nazi advance. Uh, It was on the day that uh, Churchill became prime minister that France fell, so that was not a happy beginning to his premiership, but I can just imagine him rubbing his hands together. Uh, The man finds the hour, the hour finds the man, as they say, and he was ready, and I do believe he was God's man, to really lead the Allies to defeat the forces of totalitarianism. Mm. And definitely Germany had at that time the best air force. They had prepared enormously, uh, and the other nations were caught Unprepared, But nevertheless, Germany wasn't as prepared as it could have been, partly because they thought that the war would be very straightforward. Uh, kick in Russia and the whole edifice will collapse, Hitler said. Well, he missed out very badly there. And of course, he, he didn't realize the tenacity of the British. But above all, this is a spiritual matter that we will consider. And prayer was offered. In fact, there was what the Nazis referred to, some of them at least, as a secret weapon, which was the power of prayer. And this year will be the 80th anniversary coming up later. In fact, uh, in November, it'll be the 80th anniversary of of what we call the Big Ben Silent Minute. Mm -hmm. And the idea was that Christians would pray silently and reflect and gird themselves for the onslaught at 9 o'clock at night. So they would tune into the news at 9 o'clock at night, and at 8.59 – uh, Big Ben starts chiming, and so they figured, well, you, you can't broadcast a minute of silence for the prayer, so we'll we'll relay the chiming and striking of Big Ben, which takes exactly, or almost exactly one minute at 8:59, so that the news would come in at nine o'clock. So millions around the world in Australia, Britain, uh, in Europe, in the United States, prayed. And after the war was lost by the Nazis, one of their senior people was interviewed and, and they were asked, why do you think you, you guys lost the war? He said, well, you had a, a secret weapon that we could not combat, which was the power of prayer. So this is a spiritual battle that we must rejoice in the victory that God gave not because we were clever or we were better. Uh, in fact, Britain was was completely unprepared for the war. Mm. But God, God delivered the Allies, and we thank Him for the deliverance. Yeah,
0: even though they they were uh, activating everything they could, possibly mm. the air force of Britain, yes, yes. and uh, also I I just read about uh, they developed a system, a very interesting system of the, the radar, radar, yes, and um, that also helped them. But I'm so glad that you brought that side of Mm. this, you know, the Mm. prayer and Mm. spiritual approach. Mm. Because um, today we are uh, dealing with uh, the war zone and how...
2: uh, We are, indeed.
0: The enemy Mm. is activating everything what he can to to defeat
2: us here. Correct. But we still have that secret tool. The power of prayer. That's really good. And when the prophet Daniel was facing the crisis... All the wise men, including him and his colleagues, were going to be killed because the king had had this terrible dream. He wouldn't tell anyone what the dream was. How could they interpret it? So Daniel spoke to him, it says, with wisdom and tact, the value of wisdom and tact. And Daniel had done his homework as well. He was a very keen student. And so that was how God placed him in that position of influence. But he prayed to God and he received the revelation from God. So, yes, it's important for us to study well and prepare ourselves. God uses that. Mm -hmm. But above all is the power of prayer because we're in a spiritual battle And I was just reflecting as we were coming on air today, uh, Nick, from Ephesians, that we are to dress in a certain way for this battle, and we are to put on the full armor of God with the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. We're to take up the shield of faith to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one, the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. So we're greatly encouraged to know that we don't trust in our sword or our minds or our technology, but we're looking to God for his deliverance on a daily basis.
0: As you just mentioned about uh, Daniel, he was in that position of really act Mm. in accordance with his faith. Yes, yes. And uh,
2: God Didn't let him down. True. And Churchill also, because Churchill, when he gave his famous Battle of Britain speech, the anniversary of which is now a few weeks old, but he said, The Battle of Britain is about to begin. On this battle depends the survival of Christian civilization. And when he'd become Prime Minister, one of his key aims was to promote Christian civilization. This is often forgotten about Churchill. Yes. Is there anything else, uh, David, which you'd like to share in regard to this please, though, so? Well, finally, I think uh, considering this COVID crisis, which is now re-emerging in the state of Victoria especially, we need to be looking to God. I'm really puzzled why I'm not hearing too many voices from our churches, from our Christian leaders saying that we need to seek God in this matter because our churches have been largely shut down. Mm. It's incredible. It's the, the most serious crisis that we have faced in Australia since the war – And while we might reflect today on the anniversary of the Battle of Britain, well, we've got our own battles to deal with here, and we need to sort them out. So we need to come to God in prayer and repentance for our nation. So I I still think we don't yet get it, and I would hope that we will because I don't want any more rebuke or any more challenge happening. I want us to be a nation which enjoys the favor of Almighty God and never his rebuke. So I think we need to pray and seek him in this matter. And particularly in these times, as you just said, I remember looking back uh, just a
0: few weeks ago in Italy when there was uh, that very, very big peak on the coronavirus and how people just drop on their knees in
2: hospitals and and just desperately appeal to God. Correct. Yeah. I mean, how bad do we want it to get before we turn to him? Things are very bad in other countries. Mm. Still, this is only a very minor issue compared to the terrible plagues that have raged throughout history. But we must turn to God in this hour and seek him, repent, and receive his restoration. And David, even right now, at this time,
0: it's an opportunity
2: for us yes. to do that.
0: Yes. Would you be happy to, yes. to say a prayer yes. and to uplift to God this I love uh,
2: situation? To. I would love to. Oh, Father, we just cry to you and we turn to you. We lean upon you. We don't trust our sword. We don't trust in chariots. We don't trust in our own ability. We lean upon you, not our own understanding. So help us, we pray. And I ask, Lord, that you would shake up our churches, especially, in fact, this whole nation, this whole cosmos. May we turn in repentance and faith, seeking your deliverance, your restoration through Jesus, that we may be restored and that you may bless us. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen. Thank you very much, David. I really appreciate you being able to come today with us here and share. Back to Alan uh, right now. Alan, uh, we were talking about a bit earlier from uh, the book of Ezekiel, uh, chapter 28, um, where it says, Your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. And in Isaiah also, For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will be like the Most High. And as David uh, was just reading about, you know, the work of the enemy and how we can respond to it, and people in uh, these days, like we mentioned just a bit earlier, uh, Adolf Hitler and his plans to to really sit on top of this world. But um, definitely God has another plan for us all. Uh, the middle letter of sin, it's interesting, um, it's pride. And Lucifer is I. It was Lucifer who began sin with a love of self. That is,
1: that is an interesting analysis so we, if we do see the, the words sin, pride and Lucifer they all have I in the middle so that's the middle letter mm. really interesting um, good observation um, it's interesting if we go back to Ezekiel 28.17 the two things we can see the key words is that Lucifer's heart was lifted up because of his beauty and his wisdom was corrupted because of his splendor so He had beauty and he had splendor, but because his heart was lifted up, so we can actually, another way to understand lifted up is his heart was proud, that was because of his beauty. And it's interesting that we can actually have many talents in our lives, um, but they're good talents. Beauty is not anything wrong, but even that can be corrupted. And the wisdom that Lucifer
0: had, he corrupted that as well. And what commandment did Lucifer uh, rebel against?
1: I would have to say it was the um, the one that says, you shall have no other gods before me. Yes. Or when Jesus later said to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength.
0: That, that's correct. What you just said, it's in Exodus uh, chapter 20, verse 2, you shall not have other gods before me. But he wanted to be above God Mm. sin is the transgression of the law says in 1 John 3 verse 4 and we are dealing here with a rebellion in heaven, war in heaven we cannot imagine that how could that happen in heaven somebody to oppose God's law the battle began Begin there in heaven with this uh, angel of light called Lucifer. Now, what happened in heaven when Lucifer opposed God?
1: Hmm, that's a good question, Nick. We can actually find that answer if we turn over to Revelation uh, chapter 12, verses 7 to 9. And we'll actually just read in verse 7 it says, And war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought. But they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So we can actually see that even in a place of perfection, there was war. The war between Christ and Satan is actually the central issue of the Bible. Even though Satan lost the war in heaven... The conflict continues, and we're now in the middle of it. Have you ever noticed that sometimes?
0: Absolutely. And we were you talking about war, and uh, you know, even movies were inspired by uh, by these uh, things in the Bible, uh, the battle between good and evil, and just to think of the Star Wars, for example, how yes. uh, well they, uh, you know, try to portray. Of course, uh, taking aside the, you know the plan of God, mm-hmm. uh, many times, but. Uh, You have those characters, you know, you have the good and you have the evil one in in the movie, you know. Um, And it's interesting, uh, the war between Christ and Satan is the central issue of the Bible. That's what we we are saying. Even though Satan lost the war in heaven, the conflict continues and we are now in the middle of it. Another question, uh, Alan, if I could ask you. Yes. Who else does the devil have on his side?
1: Um, We can turn over again to Revelation chapter 12 um, and in verse 9. And that says, So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth. And his angels were cast out with him, so you can see there that he has his angels that were cast out with him, who he has on his side.
0: It's interesting that uh, when you talk about that a third of the angelic hosts, it's the Bible says uh, joined uh, this rebellion. Um, That's correct. Uh, in uh, Hebrew, if you look in Hebrew chapter twelve, we uh, it, in verse twenty-two, it says that an innumerable company of angels ten thousands times ten thousand and thousands of thousands also we can find this in Revelation. His tail drew a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth. Rebellion on earth now. Uh, They could not find their place in heaven but they are acting here on this earth causing trouble through all sorts of things. Through political conflicts, uh, social conflicts, you know, individual uh, coming across each other. And very, very interesting how that war started in heaven. It broke down here on earth. Why didn't God destroy the devil then? Just back then in heaven.
1: Just an observation from what you've just said. It's interesting how a third of infinity actually rebelled. So I think for every demon that there is, you could say, there are two angels of God.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's,
1: yeah, that's quite interesting, actually. Mm.
0: All right, let's come back to this uh, question, Alan. Why didn't God destroy the devil?
1: Hmm, we can actually find that answer. Um, let's turn over to 1 John chapter 4, verse 8. And it says, he who does not love he who does not love does not know God for God is love. So God wants us to worship him out of love, not fear. God has allowed the devil to demonstrate the results of sin so everyone could see that God is love and worthy of worship. While the only outcome for sin is pain, heartache and suffering. So the major objective for God during this time is to save as many as possible, to eradicate sin from the planet and to assure ensure sin will never rise the second time. And we can get that understanding if we look over to Nahum chapter 1 and verse 9, but we won't turn over to that one at the moment.
0: Satan was given his chance to show the Uh, principles of his kingdom. Mm -hmm. Now, how did our planet get involved in Satan's rebellion?
1: The book of Genesis gives a clear answer on that one. If we look at Genesis chapter 3, verse 1 to 13, we can find that answer. But today we'll just look at verse 13. And it says, And the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. So we can see because of the serpent's deception, that's what actually caused us to, to fall. Now, like Lucifer, Adam and Eve were given a free choice to decide between good or evil. The devil used the serpent as a medium to deceive Eve into disobeying God. Eve chose to trust her feelings and the word of the serpent instead of obeying the word of God.
0: Interesting, uh, Alan, while you mentioning those things, um, it says that we talked about the commandment which uh, Satan uh, broke. Mm-hmm. Now, what What was that commandment which... Adam and Eve also uh, broke. And so today, you shall have no other gods before me, says in Exodus 20, verse 2. Satan hates the law of God. And uh, you could see that even in the, you know, in the war or the um, conflict in between uh, Ab- Abel and Cain. Yes, you know, yes. They, they show exactly. What was the purpose of the evil one, you know, to instigate and to create conflict in, uh, between us all here on this planet? He was stepping on God's law to, uh, to really destroy it. What does the devil know now attack and hate the most?
1: That's a good question. So who does the devil now attack and hate the most? Hmm. Um, We can see that in Revelation chapter 12, verse 17, for the answer. And it says, And the dragon was enraged with the woman, and he went to make war with the rest of her offspring, who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus. So the devil here, we can see, has turned all of his attack onto the woman, which is a symbol for God's church, and on the rest of her offspring, which are actually the ones who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus.
0: Mm. And what is the major goal for the devil?
1: The major goal of the devil can be found in a number of passages. The first one we'll turn to is in John chapter 10 and verse 10. And it says, The thief does not come, except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. So from this passage we can see that the main aim of the devil is to rob you of life. He attempts to make you miserable, to inflict hurt and discouragement and to give up on life through breaking up your friendship with God. But, from that passage, we can also see that Jesus came to give you life. An abundant life, full of satisfaction and enjoyment. I've got another passage to go to for that one, and I've actually done a little bit of a study on my own on this one, just out of curiosity. We can actually see that in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 23-26, to 26, it's actually talking about foolish and ignorant disputes. So I'll just read it, but towards the end we can actually see an idea about um, the will of the devil. So it says, So 2 Timothy chapter 2:23 to 26 it says avoid of foolish and ignorant disputes, knowing that they generate strife. and a servant of the Lord must not quarrel but be gentle to all able to teach, patient, in humility correcting those who are in opposition, if God perhaps will grant them repentance, so that they may know the truth, and that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will. So you can actually see from that text, if you look very carefully, that the snare or the captivity of the devil is to not come to your senses. So in other words, senselessness, sorry, senselessness. And the will of the devil is actually to be in opposition to the truth. So we can see that senselessness is captivity causing one to be in opposition to the truth. Mm. And also further, we can see that knowing the truth causes one to come to one's senses. And it's very interesting if you just reflect on that one. um, um, You can actually see that if you remain in a state of senselessness, and you no longer know the truth, you can actually, you won't be able to repent. Mm. And that's what God wants us to do. It says that the in other another passage, it says that, for God is patient with everyone, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to a repentance. Mm. And that's what He wants in all of us. And... Um, I've got another passage, but I think um, I might come to that one a little later on.
0: Or oh, just uh, while you're looking into that, Alan, uh, also in Romans chapter 6, verse t- uh, 23, it says, For the wages of sin is death. And this is a serious matter. Uh, we are not going just to say, OK, oh, I just did a little sin or the other. You know, this is, has serious consequences. And if we don't take uh, action, we lose our uh, life, our uh, and in this context, our eternal life. Yes. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, says in First Peter 3.18. You see, God is not abandoning us. He he did everything what he could to bring us back to him. Jesus came to give you life, to give us all life, an abundant life, full of satisfaction and enjoyment. The life Jesus offers is a life of victory over sin, a life of peace with God and ultimately an eternal life with him in glory. Another question to consider uh, this time, Alan, is what is the devil's major weapon against God's people?
1: That's a very good question. I've actually been very curious on this one myself, and I did a bit of study. We can get that answer in John chapter 8, verses 31 to 47, but we can go directly from uh, verse 44 here. And it says, you are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and does not stand in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. Now we can actually observe that text and see there, we can infer from the context that to seek to kill or murder Jesus from the beginning because God's truth had no place in the devil is actually his desire. So in other words, his desire is to stand against the truth because there's no truth in him. But the major tool he uses here is to speak lies so, lies are his resources. He fathered
0: or created them. Mm. Then the great conflict in between Christ and Satan is not a war of power. It is a war of truth and lies, is it, Alan? Yes, yes, that's correct. Because, you see, um, here we, ne- we are going to ask another question now. Can then the devil be good?
1: The answer can be found in 2 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 14. So I would just say no, but the Bible is better at explaining this. So 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 14. It says, And no wonder for Satan himself transforms, for Satan himself transforms himself, my bad, into an angel of light. So we can see that Satan transforms himself into an angel of truth because light actually represents truth. Mm. So if we see he has to transform himself, then he mustn't be in the truth anymore.
0: And then what are some of the key tactics we used by, uh, by the devil?
1: There's a number of things, actually. Um, in Matthew chapter 4, verses 5 to 6, we can see where... Um, the bible is misquoted in order to deceive we can see other things that uh, the ta- other tactics the devil can use so um, he persecutes god's church to discourage their faith we can see that in revelation 12 verse 13. he performs miracles to deceive into false religion that can be found in revelation 16 14 for those who'd like to look that up he works through and impersonates false pastors to deceive. We can find that information in 2 Corinthians 11, 13 to 15.
0: well This is a tough one. I mean, it is. Uh, you're thinking that he will work through impersonate false teachers of the Bible, pastors or who, preachers. That's really, uh, really tough, you know, to consider that. But the Bible speaks about this uh, to make ourselves to be. Uh, aware of the fact that not everyone who speaks from the Bible speaks uh, uh, the truth. Uh, They may have different uh, intentions in that regard.
1: That's an interesting um, uh, thing to think about. Um, The other things that um, the tactics that the devil uses is that he... Brings pain and disease to discourage and blame God, which actually was the case if we look in Job chapter 2 and verse 7. We won't look at that one today, but that's where we can find that. Um, The demon possession to take full control. So he can use demonic possession and he can actually gain full control. In actual fact, I was watching a video on YouTube a number of years ago. And I saw there was a woman um, in the audience, oh, this was to do with hypnotism. And there was a woman, and she was in the audience, and she was called up along with some other people to be hypnotized. And when the magician, um, sorry, the hypnotist said to all of them, you know, you're getting sleepier and sleepier, they all fell asleep. But she was talking to her friend, um, like miming, oh, it's not going to work on me, it's not going to work on me. And sure enough, she wasn't getting sleepy. But then then after the the um, hypnotist went up to her and he said to her, look over there. And as soon as she looked over there, he tapped her on the shoulder and she fell asleep, just like that. Mm. So it's interesting that, that the devil can only take control if you obey him. So if she didn't listen to him when he said to look over there, she wouldn't have been hypnotized. And also another thing, she actually went up the front. So if if she refused to go at the front, the hypnotist would have had no power over her.
0: Yes, and I heard about those things when uh, uh, those people who practice all sorts of things like this, they will ask uh, if there is somebody there who doesn't believe in that uh, manifestation, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, to to go out, I heard about this story. I'm not sure how true they are, but uh, definitely. And but this one really really caught my attention that. Um, He brings pain and disease to discourage and then to blame God. Now, we are in the middle of a crisis with the pandemic, you know, with uh, COVID-19. Even though people right now may not blame God straight away for this thing, but this is the intention of the Satan, Mm -hmm. to create these sort of things and then to blame God and probably to accuse and persecute God's people that could be so so true about it
1: i understand that the way god works is that he actually doesn't cause this my understanding is that he simply allows it to happen so where the virus actually came from whether it was in a market or if it did escape from a laboratory god did allow that to actually take place but the advantage of this is generally when people undergo suffering um what happens is that they become open to um to correction and i i think in uh in the book of Job, it actually discusses this now i'm not sure if i have the notes with myself today
0: but w- before you do that alan uh, yes. you know the the darkness of the evil one encloses those who neglect to pray to connect themselves with God the one who can protect the one who's victorious over the devil because the devil uh, could not find his place in heaven anymore he lost the war in heaven and you know when we are um, on God's side he cannot uh, work his power upon us and uh, that's correct but the whispered temptations of the enemy um, it's powerful you know And it is all because they do not make use of the privileges that God has given to them in the divine appointment of prayer. This is uh, written in a um, beautiful book called Steps to Christ. Without unceasing prayer and diligent watching, we are in danger of growing careless and of deviating from the right path. The adversary seeks continually To obstruct the way to the mercy seat that we may not be earnest uh, to by earnest supplication and faith obtain grace and power to resist temptation. Another beautiful uh, statement here. Pray in your closet. And as you go about your daily labor, let your heart be often uplifted to God. It was Does that Enoch walked with God, these silent prayers rise like precious incense before the throne of grace. Satan cannot overcome him whose heart is thus stayed upon God. Alan, we have another question here to keep moving. How can I resist and overcome Satan?
1: That's a question that I've actually been very curious about. I'm still searching on finding the answers, but we can find some of those answers in James chapter 4 and verse 7. And it says, Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Put on, um, and sorry, in Ephesians chapter 6 verses 11 to 18. We can have the um, more elaborate, um, more uh, a better description on that one as well. It says, "Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil." Another understanding for wiles is it actually um, means schemings. So we can see that we cannot overcome the devil in our strength. We need to ask God for supernatural power. For victory. And just to um, reflect on this point in terms of resisting and overcoming Satan, we can actually go to another passage in the Bible. Just something to think about. Um, If we go to, first of all, before discussing temptation, I just want to read about two types of sorrow that we can actually have in the world. In 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 8 to 10, to, more towards verse 10, it says, For godly sorrow produces repentance, leading to salvation, not to be regretted. But the sorrow of the world produces death. So we can see that there's two types of sorrow here. There's godly sorrow, which produces repentance, leading to salvation, and the worldly sorrow produces death. But right before this, um, keeping this in mind, if we jump over to Second Corinthians, chapter two, verses one to four, it says: At the beginning, Paul is speaking, and he says, "I determined this within myself that I would come to, I would not come to you again in sorrow. For if I make you sorrowful, then who is he who makes me glad? But the one who is made sorrowful by me." And then later, in verse 5 to 11, it says, But if anyone has caused grief, he has not grieved me, but all of you to some extent, not to be too severe. This punishment which was inflicted by the majority is sufficient for such a man, so that, on the contrary, you ought rather to forgive and comfort him, lest perhaps such a one be swallowed up with too much sorrow. And later he says that I have forgiven that one for your sakes in the presence of Christ, lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. So from that context, we can actually infer that Satan's devices or his schemes is to make us sorrowful or to cause us to be swallowed up or overwhelmed with too much sorrow. And that's why if we turn over to Matthew, chapter 26, verses 40 to 41, Jesus is actually telling his disciples here. And I'll just read um, verse 41, and it says, Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And also in Luke, chapter 22, verse 45 to 46. It says, When he rose up from prayer, so this is Jesus. So when he rose up from prayer, he had come to his disciples. He found them sleeping from sorrow. Then he said to them, Why do you sleep? Rise and pray, lest you enter into temptation. So you can see here that he wasn't just speaking literally, but he was speaking metaphorically. So, we can see that worldly sorrow leads to sleeping, in other words, failing to watch and pray, and that leads to falling or entering into temptation. And a text of encouragement in 2 Peter 2 verse 9 says, The Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations.
0: That's very true, Alan, what you just said there, and, you know, we need to search out the Bible and know, understand, and get confidence and support from the Bible. Also, if you like to read books who um, can uh, help you to know Bible more, uh, I would like to just encourage you to... Uh, put your hands on uh, the book called Grey Controversy I'm going to take a short break and uh, just put an ad for you for this uh, book please ring and uh, get this book for free When your life gets harder and the world gets
1: worse Jesus has the answers do you need the hope that Jesus will bring into your heart? What about your friends, family, or workmates? Faith FM's free offer for you today is a life-changing book called The Great Controversy, filled with stories of hope and encouragement that are guaranteed to draw you closer to Jesus. To receive your free copy of The Great Controversy, go to faithfm.com.au or call us on 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's 1-800-324-843.
0: Welcome back. You are listening to Faith FM, Positively Different. This is Drive Time, Big Q&A with Nick. And our co-host today is Alan Phillip. Our big question for today, Alan, is the war zone. And what is Satan's agenda? Now, we have a question also, probably the time is pressing us to, to come to a close. What will happen to the devil and his Angels. We just learned earlier that uh, Satan broke war in heaven against God. And he was able to uh, take with him a third of the angelical hosts. What would you say about this question? What will happen to the devil and his angels? If we turn over to Matthew
1: chapter 25 and verse 41, it says exactly the answer. It says, then he will also say to those on the left hand, Depart from me, you cursed, into the everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. So we can see there that the everlasting fire is prepared for the devil and his angels. It's actually not
0: prepared for any of us. So that was that's what will happen to them. And how does God feel about the destruction of the wicked?
1: We can find that answer in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 33 and verse 11. And it says, Say to them, As I live, says the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn, turn from your evil ways, for why should you die, O house of Israel? So we can see that God has no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but rather that they turn from their way and live. Mm. So God loves you no matter what choices you've made in life. Mm. Now there's three points I want um, us all to remember here. So God is a God of love who created beings with the power of free choice. And the second point, the reason we have suffering, pain and death is due to the evil of Satan. And lastly, the devil will be destroyed and sin will never return.
0: That's so true, Alan. And our time is up. Uh, Would you be able to say a short prayer uh, for us and our listeners? Absolutely. Absolutely. Our Father in heaven, we come
1: before you in the name of Jesus. Father, you're great, you're mighty, you're powerful. You speak, and it is so. It's your word that sustains us. Father, thank you so much that despite the sufferings that occur in the world, Father, thank you so much that you still hear us, and you're still there, and you allow us to become um, open to your truth and you comfort us when the, in the word that you've given us in the Bible. Father, I just ask that you be with each one of us, all of our listeners here um, today, that you please be with them, please comfort them, and please fill them with your Holy Spirit. And for anyone that's seeking to know the truth, I just ask that you fill them with the spirit to guide them into all truth and that if there's anyone that's suffering you heal them and forgive them of their sins we ask that you do all of these things if it be your will in jesus name i pray
0: amen thank you alan so so much for that prayer then why it is important that we understand that the devil is a real being why it's important that we understand the issues of the great conflict between Christ and Satan. Have you found any effective ways to resist the devil? What are they? are they? Are there any areas in your life where you feel the devil has had a hold over you and you would like to give them over to Jesus for victory today? God loves you. With an everlasting love, a time when many in the world have fallen for the lies of the devil and rejected the love of God. Would you like to choose today to love and worship, obey God? May God bless you. It looks like our time is up for today. Thank you for joining Nick Curita and uh, Alan Philip for uh, this time. I would like to really leave you with a passage from the Bible. It says, I am leaving you with a gift. Peace and mind, and heart. And the peace I give isn't like the peace of the world gives you. So don't be troubled or afraid. May God bless you richly.